Are you ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> you got your earbuds? Yeah, I got them in, so should be good to go. So I got to ask you, because the podcast is called Behind the Wheel, are you always behind the wheel? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. So living in Baltimore, in the inner city, I was present when the Freddie Gray riots occurred. Baltimore was actually the first city in America to come up with a essentially legal way to ban African-Americans' property ownership within white residential areas. Transformation is a two-sided marketplace where we introduce artisanal and emerging uh, brands, mainly snack brands, to consumers at key moments where they're most engaged. Hi, I'm Derek, and this is Behind the Wheel, a show dedicated to highlighting the accomplishments of ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things within the community. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcast. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. I'm your host, Derek Oxley, and today's episode is brought to you by the folks at the Creative Running Collection, an eclectic ensemble of artists from all walks of life and disciplines. I mean, we're talking established to wannabe writers, actors, directors, artists, bloggers, vloggers, videographers, podcasters, journalists, producers, and editors who are passionate about creating content for running and entertainment purposes. Still, but more importantly, they inspire people to pursue a healthy lifestyle by helping them identify their purpose, maximize their potential accelerate their growth and continuing the cycle. In other words, they help people IMAC their life. So, if you've got some hidden talent and you're looking for a safe place to express, own, and display your talent, shoot them an email at the Behind the Wheel Morning Show at gmail.com. If you're an entrepreneur or small business owner or know of an entrepreneur or small business owner looking to advertise in the Behind the Wheel podcast, but weren't certain as to whether or not there was a possibility, we have eliminated all the guesswork. It certainly is a reality. Who's this we you're talking about? You know it's just you. I'm not going to go with we. We now have... Be going with we? I think we're going to go with we. Let's try. We now have the ability for you to sponsor an episode. How cool is that? Your ad can run pre, mid, or post-roll. Simply visit coffee.com forward slash btw podcast the details will be in the show notes that's ko hyphen fi dot com forward slash btw podcast and one of the cool things about coffee.com is it allows supporters of the show to buy me a cup of coffee you all know i like coffee so shout out to latoya shante soul inspired kimberly hall and kim isaiah that's why I'm all hyped up on this coffee. Right. I'm sitting in the car and she, I got, I've got the laptop on, on, on my knee, you know, kind of wedged in between. There's a holder for the CD where you put your phone at. So it's got like some sort of, of, of a lip. I rest it there, put my knee there. The window on the driver's side goes mm-hmm. down, but the window on the passenger side doesn't roll down. So it's sort of intermittent. So I just leave it up because God forbid it goes down then I can't get it back up then I'm in the jam so right right I pulls up next to me and he's like saying roll the window down I'm, like, I'm not rolling the window I'm in the middle of an interview man like sure. I'm, what do you think this is we're in a studio and I, I don't know if he thought it, you know I was being well, I don't care what he thought but I'm not I couldn't roll the window down he just pulled up and then it's hot just sitting in the car man so yeah this is uh this is a little this is a little cooler in the winter time yeah you know if I'm moving and I have a breeze but I can't talk to you and be on the So that is Quran. K- 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 Kiran or Quran? Uh, 
I've been called Kieran. I've been called a lot. <laughs> Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. I'm your host, Derek Oxley. And today we got a special guest. He is all the way from Brooklyn, lifelong native of Brooklyn. He's a gardener. Didn't know he was a gardener. Shout out to Miss Harris. She taught me about gardening when I was coming up. He was a politician. I didn't know he was a politician. I looked through my feed and I saw that this brother participated in a race ahead. So, yo, that guy is the guy that's running for office. Give it up for Kiran Allen. How you doing today, sir? I'm excellent, excellent. Happy to be here. Happy to be behind the wheel of my life uh, and here with you and, uh, you know, ready for this conversation. Yeah, man. It, it is, um, before we get started, I got to know, man, are you a... Um, Five bucks, man, or a D and D man. Uh, so I don't drink coffee. Uh, believe it or not, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know today's a, a special day in which we're recording. It, it's uh, it marks four years of parenthood for myself, and the day my son celebrates four rotations around the sun. When he was born, I had just been accepted to grad school, and I started to try to drink coffee because I was not getting any kind of sleep and I needed to get my work done. Um, and I didn't get my palate sophisticated enough to taste the difference between coffee. So I, I, I really don't have anything. I gave it up after like six months though. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's okay, man. I mean, I, I, um, it's, I, it's a habit. I try, I've quit several times, you know, and I reached out to Black and Bold you know, they, they, they may be on the show. They said, send in the information. So if they come, um, I might have to do away with the survey. I told them, you know, if they, you know, cause it wouldn't be appropriate to ask. And so I got to know, are you a D and D fan or, or are you a uh, five bucks? They have black and bold coffee. So I don't think they're going to go with, with either one. But, um, a lot of people don't drink coffee. I don't know why I make the assumption that people drink coffee because America runs on something. It happens. <laughs> it happens. So, um, so for the folks who don't know you, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself, how you got started on this road to running? Uh, road to running physically or road to running for office? Uh, yeah, we'll get to, uh, let's go the physical route first, because I don't <laughs> know you as a, as a politician in terms of, is that, what's this running for? That's the guy yeah. from the photos. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, so I started running um, for several reasons, but I think for a lot of us, uh, black men in particular, it's health and wellness. You know, wanting to have an outlet to change the 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 pre the the preconceived uh, genetic code that we have um, that says that look, you're going to be this, you're, you're going to have hypertension, you're going to have diabetes, uh, you're going to be obese. You know, to really battle against it. Um, and when it comes to my family history, family members are diabetic. Uh, I've seen my older sister uh, recover from a diabetic coma. And, you know, all of those things are real to me. And there was a quote that I saw, uh, diabetes runs in your family because nobody runs in your family. Um, and that really put it like right in my face, like, oh, you know, I should be running. I should be, you know, doing more physical activity. I've always been active, but I, I was never a track star. I played uh, high school football. Uh, I played, if you even want to count it, uh, D3 football for like one semester and left that. Um, 
So I've always been active, but I'd never took up running. And I think um, even from some of your past interviews, when people start to talk about being run runners, they always looked at it as punishment. It was not something that they wanted to do. And, you know, it was also the same for me, but it ended up becoming something so much more uh, mm-hmm. to the point where I, I knew I was being an active combatant and changing uh, the trajectory of my life. Yeah, so who invited you to, to a run or was it just something you saw on a magazine cover and you was like, yo, I'm, I'm going to go out for a run? I mean, so funny enough, you, now, you, now you really got me going back. Um, with me running, nobody invited me anywhere. Well, what happened was I used to, like, I'm, I'm very active in the neighborhoods. So I used to try to run to the hospital that was in my community. And I always said, if I run towards the hospital... If I fall halfway, they won't have too far to take me. <laughs> you know? So be, that, that was my thinking. And the hospital is two miles away. And this was before I became a sophisticated runner with a watch and all this stuff. I, that was just always my goal, to run to the hospital. And it was two miles away and two miles back. And eventually I got good. And then um, I started to look into running races because uh, I see a lot of people did that. And nobody invited me. I just, I, I eased on out. <laughs> oh, man. Because it, it seems almost like like a religion, almost, of sorts. You know, where people, you know, are recruiting you. They, they start running and then they, be, they start evangelizing, you know, telling you <laughs> the benefits of running, handing you tracks. You know, it's like, you know, Jehovah Witness knocking on your door on a Saturday morning. We got to run. We're going on. Are you coming? I don't know. I, I, that's what my sister for like two years straight. She was sending me emails, man, inviting me to this race. You know, she had picked up running. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when is it again? And for two years, I we, we would have this back and forth via email, you know, inviting me to this run in Westport. And the first time I went, I paid, you had to pay, and it was something like four or five dollars or whatever per race. It was like a series. Yeah. Just couldn't understand. Like, I paid for this. <laughs> like, to run out here? What, what's the point of it? And that was like five dollars, you know. But I saw these, um, I saw these older people, like older white people, like passing. Mm-hmm. That that was like, that was that was shocking, man. And I remember the first time I beat this old white guy, I felt bad for him. You know, I kind of felt bad for him, but I was like, I can't have this picture with this guy in front of me, man. It's not going to be a good look for me. So, <laughs> Yes, I cropped this woman out of my um my marathon photos for for a while because she was in front of me until I realized you know the male ego is fragile man so I got over it man so no one invited you 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 start running and um and I see you know you you've always been pretty active in in the community in East New York um, running through East New York must be a challenge absolutely absolutely um when you are really, really from and about community. Uh, Taking your routes is something you have to do intentionally. Mm -hmm. Um, So understanding where I live was, was, that was always something I was actively doing. And then combining running, you know, I would pick routes that, um, you know, provide for a great level of uh, visibility. And I'm not talking about like well-lit routes, but people, making sure that people can see um, me running. You know, outside of the hospital route, 
it started to grow and develop to the point where, you know, I was running around the development that's closest to um, my home, you know, Cypress Hills uh, development has a, a, a sort of a, a rough reputation. But that's where I grew up. All of the people I went to middle school with, they lived there, you know, so. What, what middle school did you go to? Public School 202, uh, which is still around the corner from my house. Uh, when my, my son is old enough, he will probably go there. Um, it, it's just it's just really all community, you know, running through East New York. Um, and I, I feel like running through East New York also made me care more about the community because it gives you a different perspective, as you know. Um, when you run a place versus when you drive it, it's totally different. When you ride your bike through a neighborhood, it's totally different. It always gives you a, almost a deeper appreciation for every groove, every pothole, um, every turn for the flow of traffic, for where people are. It really, you know, enhances your experience. Yeah, I used to see the, uh, the hood runs that BMR would do. Um, and it reminded me when I was working in... Um, Brownsville, East New York, for man, maybe about four or five years. It, you know, running a drop-off prevention program and and having to, uh, you know, you're going up in the projects and walking around in the community. It, there's there's just something about there's an energy. There's there's a there's a there's a certain vibe, you know. And working with with with, with young people, um, you know, you're knocking on doors, you're going into projects and, and checking with the family members. Hey, you know, so and so is not coming to school today. And sometimes it's just like, well, you know, we have other pressing things going on, and, and, and but you realize that education is is going to be a, you know, one avenue that would help somebody maybe you know change their their life a lot. And so yeah, you know, the hood run is um is, is absolutely my favorite. The hood run is what really got me in lockstep with Black Men Run New York City. You know, um, when you think about it. Communities need to see black men and black women, but for the sake of our organization, they need to see black men run in the community. You know, it's it's symbolic, but it's also purposeful. Like the, the level of care becomes differently. I remember the first time I hosted a hood run in uh, East New York, and it was just amazing to marry uh, the the local history mm-hmm. with brothers who had only knew the neighborhood from their experiences that might not have been positive. You know, they didn't know that East New York held an African burial ground. You know, they didn't know that East New York had such rich history that all community members, uh, as you can see, somebody's making appearance. Say hello. What's going on, man? (laughs) We're not not saying anything. (laughs) So all of that, all of this was, you know, just really a a part of... um, what attracted me to the organization and kept me a part of it. Yeah, it's um it's exciting to see. I, I know when I when I started running, I wasn't I wasn't in um I wasn't living in uh in um in Brooklyn where I grew up or whatever. I didn't start running until later on in life. You know, I had all, my kids were already big. Um and so they, they they were out of the house. I was out of the house and just running to get out of the ring. You know, I wasn't running. And when I started, <laughs> and that's not running, that's just an escape, you know, trying to dodge raindrops. But mm-hmm. when I started running through um, Bridgeport, there's something about watching, you know, you, you run by a young person, you know, and, and you see them turn around, like, what is he doing? 
you know, it becomes inspiring. So I couldn't imagine the feeling you've got a group of black men running through a community. Yo, oh, it, it, it's crazy. It's one of the, the most, uh, you know, like everybody gets a runner's high. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so much more when it's, when it's us, you mm-hmm. know, when it's us together. Um, particularly because of all of the things that we have to stave off, not only from broader society, but within our own communities. And then for us to be in lockstep with one another, for us to really be supporting one another, for us to recognize that we're in it, we're in this, this, this really, really key moment in time. Um, it's, it's powerful, powerful, powerful. It's something that I wish everybody can experience, but you know, as a black man, you could always come and run with us. So. You, you can definitely experience it. I, I you know, I, I come down occasionally. You know, it's, it's like, it's like I had to pick my, my battles, man. Which one am I going to do? You know, coming out, like, <laughs> things, things happen, man. It's like a journey. And sometimes it's like Saturday morning, like eight o'clock. You start thinking, like, what time do I go to bed? What time do I have to get up? Now, yeah. An hour or so ride. I'm going to ride for three miles. You know, and it's like, okay. I haven't, but since I've been running, I can count. I think I've done probably more group runs and the group runs would be like a race or a marathon, like all of my training runs and stuff. I wish I had like comrades close by instead of having to, you know, drive or commute to get there. But, you know, when I do go in, it's like, yo, it's a, it's a good feeling. Then I head out. Yeah. You know, you know, everyone has, has a different call and a different purpose, man. And I can definitely um, appreciate that. Sometimes I say, dang, oh, it must be it must be nice to have a guy's group run. And so when I'm running through, there's a there's a trail that I'll start on in um, in Hamden. And then it takes you through to um, like towards Yale. So you go through different communities on, you know, runs adjacent to the Merritt Parkway. And then you get through like New Haven. And it's like, yo, this it, it is it is it's it's a feeling that you that I get when I go through like certain like I'll, I'll I'll make a conscious decision to run through certain communities because that's just that's just the way I you know roll like if I if I'm in in Bridgeport running downtown Bridgeport and we're gonna move to um to Connecticut stay with my sister and seeing Bridgeport I mean it's it's you know they're going through gentrification right now downtown or whatever it gets a bad rap it's one of like the worst cities in um in Connecticut, they have it rated as that, but they continue to uh, building up parts of it. it. It's 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 fun. It's not anything that's that's different than you know any other community or whatever. But right. so you then ventured off into um, you know it's political run. <laughs> so what yeah, led, yeah. led to that, man? Um. So you know, running is a part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, running through the neighborhood, you get to see the neighborhood from a different perspective. Um, and, you know, we're, we're giving you the full story, uh, I've always been very, very much so interested in our community's relationship to politics and how it is supposed to be a tool to enhance, support, and help and transform our communities. And upon graduating from school, I graduated um, from undergrad in 2012. Uh, came back to the community. I did exactly what you're supposed to do. You know, I went back to my old middle school around the corner, um, tried to volunteer with some of the organizations there. I got involved with a local organization, Tomorrow's Leaders New York City. I uh, did work with overage middle school students. I uh, did some more after school stuff, was really pouring in my time. Um, also couldn't find a job. 
um, due to, you know, everything that was happening with the economy at the time. So it really gave me more time to invest and learn um, the community, you know. And one of the things I realized that was uh, rampant and, and running, like, just it, it was becoming a recurring issue is, is, is gentrification, you yeah. know. So community was being changed. And I feel like there's always a difference between change and growth. The community was being changed. People that I know, friends and family were being priced out. And that was that was rough. You know, working with those young people, understanding the holistic health and wellness that they need um, and recognizing what those external forces were doing to those families um, made me really, really want to pursue more. And I got involved in it with an organization called Operation Power, People Organizing, Working for Empowerment and Respect. Mm-hmm. Um, organization has, they, they grow your, your it's, it's where our, our, our culture and politics meet. So they grew my political understanding, recognizing that the relationship with politics in the neighborhood is one um, that has been, for the most part, uh, fractured, you know, there's so much disinvestment. Uh, there's not enough solution-based uh, policies being put forth in terms of leadership. So I got involved in politics. This is the short answer. <laughs> I got involved in politics because I really feel like it should be a tool that should be wielded appropriately. We should have leadership coming out of our community that is speaking to making a radical difference in the lives of people. Um, and not uh, five, ten years down the road, but like immediately, change needs to happen now. And so, which, which, um, there was a I forget the, the organization I was that's what I was searching for. Um, there was some, there was a, an organization that you had started. Um, or was the one that you? What? Oh, you, you you're talking about my initiative? Yeah. yeah Bare necessities campaign. Yeah. We were we were um, collecting hats, scarves, socks, and gloves, and uh, giving it to uh, homeless people in the city. Mm-hmm. So that was a it was another experience that you know coming home and seeing so many homeless people on the train really really bugged me out. Um, and I didn't have money to give, but I would always purposely you know have ten ten singles in my pocket when I rode the train. Because I knew I would end up giving it out to people who were um, asking or who were in need and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So one winter, me and um, a really good friend of mine, Ahmad, we ended up uh, collaborating. I was like, you know what? Um, and this is um, being young in social media. I was like, I can ask my friends and and family, and we could just put out a video on uh, Facebook and ask people to donate hats, scarves, socks, and gloves as they do their holiday shopping. Mm-hmm. And we can go give it out to homeless people. That was one of the first things, I, I, first levels of organization that I did for, for like, for myself, um, you know, in the, in the community, which was pretty, pretty cool. Now, where did you get this, um, this drive from to uh, be involved in politics? Is that something um, the parents um, were involved with, or is it just something you picked up along the way? Oh, no. It, it was definitely family. Uh, it, it, I feel like I was groomed this way. My parents came to this country from Trinidad, mm-hmm. and they didn't come by themselves. You, As a Caribbean man, you know this. Uh, came with aunties, uh, cousins, and my grandparents. Um, so 
that collection of family was where we we grew up. When my parents first came to this country, we lived in uh, Bushwick, mm-hmm. and everybody was in that house. And when I say everybody, my parent, my mother, it, it's six of them, <laughs> you know? and they 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 had children too. Um, so it was just it was a lot of us living on top of each other um, and being in the same village, so to speak. Eventually, moved to East New York when everybody was able to pool their resources. When I was three. Um, and you know, community was everything that I knew. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have to be introduced to community. Community was in my household. It was, uh, understanding that we ain't got no sugar. So go downstairs and ask your auntie, uh, for some sugar, bring it upstairs. It was understanding that my grandparents were older, um, and they need your help sometimes. And you have to assist and, and do that. And then watching my grandfather on the block, you know, he was one of three patriarchs that would, you know, go up and down, uh, patrol, but it was really hanging out. But it, it was patrolling the block. Um, it would throw out uh, community, like people on the, on the block. They would help make sure that trash was right. Um, but one of the things that really, really um, helped me out and would, I guess planted seeds in me is them growing food um, in the community. We had like three community gardens on the block. And brief history of East New York. East New York has over 55 community gardens. Uh, I feel like in the past, it was so so much more than that. The reason there's so many community gardens, because East New York wasn't always a Black community. It was a community that was, uh, I think it was Jewish folks and uh, some Italians. Um, when Black folks started moving in, uh, the, the folks who lived here before burnt out the buildings. Uh, to collect the insurance, and that left uh, almost like a, a war-torn looking community. You know, you got all of these empty lots, you got these abandoned buildings. You know, when you think about um, this is 70s, 80s, you know, East New York really, really looks completely different from how it did now. Yeah. And community members that moved in, what they did was they took those empty lots and they grew food, you know, because it was this a conglomerate of all of these people now adding to um, the soil and growing more than they Yeah, it was, um, when I, when I, you know, I mentioned Miss Harris early on, and it was because of her, her foresight to say, rather than have this garden, this lot vacant, and then people just start trashing it, and then now you've got rodents, there's, there's this whole host of problems that come when you just, just leave it empty. She started doing yeah. a garden, and it was like, "Why are you doing a garden?" Like it didn't make sense to me, but I, I so I'd ask, and she, you know, she would explain, like, "This is why you do the garden because you know the city is doing this, and if you don't, it's going to stay there vacant. It's going to attract." You know, she was starting to, to sort of like, "This is this is what's going to happen," you know, and like these buildings. She was very active within the community, man. I mean, like my parents, my mother. I swear it was only four of us living in the house, but she went grocery shopping like three or four times a week. She went to church like four times a week. And so, you know, there was no there was no immediate family that was close to us that, you know, say you go downstairs and get some sugar from. It was just us. So she was constantly like, like out my pops was worked in New Jersey, but he didn't drive. So he would have to get on the train, you know, in Brooklyn, go to the path train come back, and then he would do little odds and ends in the community because he was a carpenter. So all the, the community activism, activism and involvement and stuff came um, by way of Miss Harris. 
So you think about, I guess that's still community because it's somebody else in the neighborhood pulling your coattail and saying, hey, you know, you need to, you, you know, you need to do the right thing because I know your mother, I know your parents, and I'm going to call them and let them know what's going on. You know, but it's funny, I've, I've realized, yo, I, I remember distinctly when that changed. You know, she spoke to my friends, my best friend growing up, Ronald, and he, you know, we were playing in the street. He's like, get out of the street. And his mother and grandmother were pissed. They were like, don't be talking. That's not second protect. I was like, oh, snap. Something, something changed here. This is not, this is not the norm. Like, I knew she said she was going to do something. You, 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 you snapped up. You act right because you didn't want to get whacked when you get home. You know, you get, you get beat white. You know, so it is, it's, it's important. I mean, I just seeing it and then you're, you know, graduating and being the first uh, person in your family to hold a college degree and come back and sense of pride. So you, you feel like there's this pressure on you to, um, to perform? Oh, absolutely. And I felt that very, very early, um, you know, and it didn't help that I didn't have a job, you know, upon graduating. Um, it didn't help that when I did get a job and I, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm a magnet for justice, right? Mm-hmm. So when I sense injustice, I'm not going to tolerate it. And, you know, some people might, might think, oh, no, you're only being this way because it's me. I'm like, no, I'm being this way because I would be the same way with everybody. You will get the same even keel, um, you know, passion and energy from me, regardless of whether or not you're a black woman, black man, white man, white woman. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get it if you're doing something wrong. So in this space and place, although I was doing great work, um, they, they, they didn't have the community at heart. You know, so I left that job before I got another job. And my parents, they were so heated with me uh, on that. So in terms of pressure, it was mad pressure. And, you know, um, when I gave you a little bit of the the family history, I I always I I carry those stories with me. Mm -hmm. I feel like my family were island hoppers. Uh, Both my my mother, my father, both born in Trinidad. My father's father born in Tobago. My mother's parents came from Grenada. So like. The, the the lineage, you know, you know how it is in the Caribbean. Everybody is is moving from place to place, trying to make it a little bit better for their children. Mm-hmm. So for us to get here, need to get this big uh, college degree and to be at home with no job. I know it was um, frustrating. I, I always felt that pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew what my greater purpose was. I knew that I came back to invest, not in terms of. Um, you know, buying property or anything like that, but to really give the social infrastructure that is the lifeblood of the community, mm-hmm. all of my my energy, um, all of my creative passions, you know, all of uh, uh, my time. Yeah. You know, you mentioned creative passions. So this this project, um, I see you're part of on the on the cover of uh, this magazine. Like, yo, is that? Is that who is that? Should I get like an autograph digital? How do you get an autograph digital copy though? You got I gotta wait for the print edition to come out, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's a that's a, a special, special piece. Um just when we we think about everything that we've gone through this year from COVID-19 um to this watershed moment with systemic racism, and then 
making sure that we don't glance over uh, the microaggressions and racism that we see in other spaces and places. Like running needs to be decolonized as well. And that might be rough for some people to, to take in. Um, you know, is. we're not necessarily see- Why do you think that? I, I think that because, you know, running, I think the idea that most of us have before we become runners is that running is not for us uh, <laughs> because of what is naturally advertised, what is natural, and, and when I say naturally, naturally by this system, mm-hmm. what they naturally advertise. Um, you know, they, they promote uh, folks that don't necessarily look like us. And when we're there, it's, it's, it's this, this stark disparity in how things are put together. Um, when, e- even when you look at uh, the organization, New York Roadrunners, it, it, it's a, it was founded by Ted Corbett, but that necessarily isn't pranced around as, you know, the, the real story. So when we think about running, um, I think a lot of runners who don't end up in uh, black r- black organizations, mm-hmm. um, they, they there's this thing where you know, do I truly belong? You know, uh, I remember going to races when I first started. It was like, man, like you know, I'm looking for my people, and it, it, it's not necessarily. Called, Is there a name for that? What is that moment called when you when you're going and you you're, you're you know, and I see you see me see me at this race. You know, because it's what is that? Is that there's got to be a term for that? Maybe I'm just not aware of it. Maybe you need to coin one now. But is this we, the shirt that go? It, it, it's the um, I think about going to a race, and let's say it's me and you, right? I'm looking around the crowd. You're not in an organization. I'm not in an organization. We both running for health and wellness. I see you. You see me. What's going to happen? We do the head nod, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's one of those things like, I acknowledge you. You yeah. know, it's, it's black acknowledgement, you know, mm-hmm. recognizing in that one head nod, my struggle, your struggle is the same. I see you, you so, know? Now, I, now, I, let me ask you, so now what happens when you're you're not acknowledged? Or like, there's this, there's this time, you, like there are times when I would see another black person at a race or person of color and there's this like hesitation or I'm not going to, I don't, I don't want them to think that we're, that we're here conspiring or I don't know. <laughs> it's just in my mind. I'm like, like, I know you saw me like it's chocolate in here and all of this cream. So you can't, how do you miss me? Like you just, you just not going to see me or you, what is, what is that? It's just like, I just don't want to acknowledge it. That's just, it's just weird to me. You know, it, it is weird if it, if it does happen. You know, for the most part, um, I'm, I, I make sure to see the person so that that acknowledgement does happen. You know, so like if I'm close enough, I'm like, what's up, brother? Uh-huh. What's up? So there's no denying it, right? Like, I know. You're going to miss me. You're going to miss me. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like um, the, the, um, the magazine, this project, and being approached, um, you know, to be one of the features mm-hmm. is that, you know, it, it's the acknowledgement. It, it's the black acknowledgement that happens in an instant where you understand your struggle is my struggle. Your issue is my issue. Um, your story is my story. And let's tell it together. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that's what I really uh, I was excited to be approached to be a feature 
um, of it. And in running to represent, you know, that it, it, it just, it goes beyond, um, you know, just pounding the pavement. We recognize that our souls and our souls are kindred and that our stories are the same. And then being a part of this moment a couple of weeks ago, months ago, um, Ahmaud Arbery, you know, killed while running. I think that that really made this watershed moment really cross other other lines for some people, for runners in particularly, because we've all had those moments where we felt like we were being followed. We've all had those moments yeah. where we felt like we were being profiled because we were running through a community. We've all had those moments um, yeah. where we know it could go left. Um, so it's just, it, it feels good to be a part of this. Yeah, that's, that's true. There's, there's, there's a trail that got extended, like that runs it's on the same strip where I live. And um, I could walk to it. But you can't, um, before I knew that could walk through like this condominium to get to the trail, um, I did. I ran because yeah. I'm, I'm a runner. I'm like, okay, it's right. set the Garmin. I'm on the street. Let me just go. So it's a, it's a linear route, you know, two miles down, come back. On my way back, there's, a, there's a, um, an SUV there. And the cop pulls me over and says, you know, what are you doing? And now I'm like, <laughs> um, what, what, I'm, I'm looking at myself because I'm like, I'm, I'm dripping in sweat, right? It's okay, it was only four miles, but I think it's clearly obvious what I was doing there. You know, right. do you, have, do you have you have any ID on you? I'm like, I'm running. Like, you think I'm running with a wallet? No, I don't have any. Have a, and somebody said, you know, I got a call saying that, you know, that, and I'm saying in my head, like, that what? That there was somebody out here running. You know, you can't. You know, it's trespassing. So apparently there's a sign there, you know, and you're not supposed to run through this condominium parking lot to get access to the trail. But you can drive through there. So the, co- the officer, I'm sitting there with the cop and I'm like, yo, so somebody called you and said that there was a, there was a, there was a black man running and, um, like you're here now, so you had to wait until I got out off, off the trail. And I'm not, I'm not sprinting. You know what I mean? It was, it was summertime, so you waited here for like, you know, ten, fifteen minutes. You figure, you know, the one month. You had to have been waiting there for a while to to talk to me about running on the trail. It could have gone. I'm like, this doesn't just take. Like your, your time could have probably been spent doing something else. Right. Okay. Fine. No problem. I'll, I'll um, I won't uh, run through the parking lot. But it just seems so. <laughs> it seems bizarre. You know, it's bizarre, but it's our reality. You know, every every black runner has a story like that. Like um, my story, it's it's a very very simple one, but it, it could have been uh, a a traumatic you know, experience if I didn't grow up in East New York in the 75th precinct where there's a whole documentary about how crooked the cops are, you know? So I'm, I'm going for a regular run. I'm running up my block. The traffic comes towards me. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows when you're running, you're supposed to run towards traffic because, you know, you can see them coming rather than putting your blind faith in somebody driving behind you, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm running up, um, 
And, you know, there's uh, those detectives that drive in unmarked cars. I'm not worried about them. I'm driving straight up. I hear their wheels peel mm-hmm. as if they see me go up, uh, uh, up this down street mm-hmm. and I hear their wheels peel. And I'm not thinking of nothing, nothing of it. And then I see there's a car behind me going the wrong way. And it's officers, of course. They pull up next to me. I'm continuing my run because it's the dead of winter. I got my hoodie on. I got my sweats on. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling good. You know, I don't know about them. I'm coming up. They pull up next to me and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what does it look like I'm doing? Like legitimately, because you know when you're running, you 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 yeah. don't have time to coat nothing. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm. What does it look like I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Um, we we, we got a call that I was like, you got a call that what a black man was running. If you got a call that a black man was running, guess what? You gotta you gotta you gotta stop the whole community. We all black. We, yeah. We're in this community. Like you know, people walk fast, they run fast. Like wh- what are you doing? You have ID? I said, have a good night. And I and I turned the corner because there was there was there was no need dialogue at this point. You know, I I recognized they were being antagonistic. Yeah. And when you think about um, you know, my just my my age band, when you uh grow up in this neighborhood during the height of stop and frisk, I've been stopped for less than running. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been stopped for, you know, you stare at a detective, you know, while they're driving by grilling you. Yeah. And you, you, yeah, uh, you know, like you visiting, right? <laughs> you, you know, a lot of place where you grew up at. That, you that's that's weird. So that walking through parks, you know, been stopped for for all of it, riding bikes. So that wasn't nothing, but it sh- it is something. You know, it, it's something that could have changed my life if I could have, you know, not been talking to you right now because these are the experiences that we have as black runners. So what's next for you? Um, when people ask that, I'm like, wow, it's a lot of pressure. So it feels like my parents again. Uh, <laughs> I got to try to, I got to get ready to play it here. You know what, man? Your room. They're going to turn your room into Airbnb, man. They got big plans for you. Uh, but my, my plans right now is really to educate, agitate, organize. You know, just sticking with those key principles. You know, uh, if you look at my my social media now, putting out these graphics one every week on different topics, whether it be like just understanding the city budget or on a particular issue like black maternal mortality. Um, We got one coming up this week, probably on the the census because we've been doing a lot of work on the census. So the the main thing is to really educate folks and make sure that they uh, understand that they can and should be active participants in everything that's going on around them. This is not the time to be a bystander. This is not the time to play ignorant. Um, And then, you know, the agitation is staying in the streets, making sure that we're a part of these um, these mass uprisings and organizing, making sure that the community um, is connected to all of the, the issues putting together um, some, just some, some campaigns to make sure that we're at the vanguard of um, all, all things good in the community. That's all right, man. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I certainly do appreciate it, man. I know you're going to have a bright future 
Pressure's on to make your parents, family members proud, man. Mr. Allen, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day, man. Thank you so much, my brother. All right.